Welcome to TA1, the everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary semi-wet Randy Erickson. Yes, we've had a lot of rain around here. It's having one more. Hopefully then it's going to clear up because the Black Hills 100 starts tomorrow and it's just nicer for them if it isn't raining. Theoretically, the mud should dry up pretty fast, so that might not be a big problem, but... Um, so I will be running my own little adventure over the weekend. Um, I start tomorrow at 9 o'clock with shooting a wedding. Um, some of you know Brian Grafton, and uh, he's getting married at 9 o'clock in the morning, and the race starts at 10. So congrats to him and Amanda, who I haven't met, but uh, a little later today. So that's what's coming up for me. I did have a message from Glenn Gibson who said, why don't you talk about um, maybe a little bit about things happening in the AR world so I can work at doing that. Sometimes I uh, record these a few days before so they might not be quite up to date. So today's like Thursday, this goes out Saturday, but I think the big news this week is the... Uh, what do I want to say? God, the fact that Godzone and Primal Quest are combining to help promote AR. So the winner of Primal Quest this year will get a free entry to Godzone and vice versa next year. So that should be some nice synergy. And I did tweet that they should probably have get somebody legendary to uh, shoot both teams at each race because that'd be kind of cool, especially for me. Anyway... Let's get this one on the road so I can get some more work done. This is uh, Whitney Hedberg, Team Naira is part of our Cowboy Tough June and or July. So uh, enjoy the podcast and go fast and take chances and try not to get wet. Thanks. Hello. Whitney, this is Randy. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm doing good. I want to make sure everything is working. Can you hear so, me all right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. So I think all the all the little lights are flashing. So <laughs> <laughs> you would think after like a year or so, I'd have this all figured out. Well, no, I, this is this is a new system, but it seems to be working. So um, let's go for it. So how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, just got back from doing a sprint race in Nebraska, actually. So whereabouts in Nebraska? Um, a little town called Fairbury, which I'd never heard of before, but it's well, uh, kind of on the border of Kansas in eastern Nebraska. So that's a long haul for a sprint race. <laughs> it was a long haul, but we had fun. It was worth it. Yeah. I remember uh, many, 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 many years ago, going to a mountain bike race when this one we lived in Sioux Falls in eastern South Dakota a friend of mine Eric um, who builds bikes in Colorado Springs okay. um, but you know we looked at it at the map it's not that big a deal and it was like I don't know we drove like eight hours we got there barely in time for the race <laughs> it's like this was not worth it <laughs> so how did the uh, race go for you who'd you race with um, I raced with Olaf, and then we mm -hmm. raced with a new guy who um, raced with Naira in the past, like back in 2006, 
and is interested in getting started again. So we were kind of testing him out and his name is Chris Edmondson. Um, and he was awesome. So oh, cool. we, we won. It was, it was good. It's always, it's always, good it's always, yeah, I was just going to say, it's always, it's always a great race. Well, not always a great race when you win, but it's always good to win. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And you just got back from the Colorado Trail too, right? I did. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine and I attempted the first six segments uh, last week and um, encountered quite a bit of snow, <laughs> which we expected. But it was it was an adventure. It was fun. Had to use my my um, AR map skills to get us through a couple of tricky spots. The trail absolutely disappears when it's snowy, so uh -uh. it's all about the compass bearing. <laughs> Yeah, well, that sounds fun. So that just that kind of uh, combination of uh, fun and and training. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, that's that's always one of the questions I ask. So, are you a um, the, the shorthand is heart rate heart rate trainer or what's over the next what's over the next ridge on the Colorado Trail trainer? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I do a little bit of both. I actually do write out a training plan for myself, but mm -hmm. I like to keep it flexible because living in Breckenridge is truly awesome. And I just yeah. kind of like to keep my options open because you never know who's going to call you and say, hey, let's go ski this peak today or, you know, let's go mountain bike over here. So I try to be flexible and, you know, I like it to be fun, but then I still have to get in my interval sessions and stuff like yeah. that. So, um that's uh, probably fairly conducive to training living in Breck, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we joke it's like blood doping because we're up so high that when yeah. we go down to sea level, it's it's great. <laughs> Can't complain about that. No, that's true. Well, that's kind of the way it is here in, in, in South Dakota where we are, um, especially when I was fit, when I was an athlete, let's say. Because, <laughs> well, because our house is at 5,300. Okay. But Rapids at at you know 3300 so oh that's perfect you know, you know really although don't train didn't train down there much but yeah it's just that's kind of just the right altitude for really really hammering oh yeah and, and yeah and being fit like that so um so what's what's a typical training day let's say let's say you got up this morning and somebody said let's uh let's go train what would you be doing well, usually that someone would be Olaf, since I'm married <laughs> to him, um, and he usually has something very epic in mind, which is usually more than I've bargained for, <laughs> but it's good. It's good for me. It pushes me. Um, let's see. I mean, we've done a lot of backcountry skiing this season. Mm -hmm. We still have snow. Um, yeah. You can still ski right now up high, so, um, and we really enjoy that, and so it's a great combination of you know, kind of the, the brutal uphill, getting in a lot of altitude and, you know, skinning uphill or boot packing if you have to. And then the reward of getting to ski down. But usually one peak isn't enough for Olaf. So it's like, okay, let's go do this peak and then we'll go down and then we'll climb up this other one and then we'll go down and then we'll see, maybe we'll add something else. And I'm always <laughs> reluctantly following along like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. But um, it, it's great for me. I mean, it's great to get those long days in. We feel like it's really good AR training because you're mm -hmm. out there, you kind of have to deal with what the weather and the mountains throw at you and usually the days are long you know they can be eight yeah. or nine hours easily so it's good long training sessions and they're fun so but are there ever days when you're just like no i don't want to do this i don't want to go this hard 
No, definitely. <laughs> those are tough days mentally yeah. because Olaf, I don't think, has ever had one of those days in his life. He's a freak mm. of nature. Yeah. And so um, it, it's tough for me because sometimes I have to decide, you know, is oh, I don't want to do this. I'm going to rally anyways and try, which means getting your head in the right space so yeah. that you're not, you know, dragging too much. Or just saying, you know, not today. Sorry, I'm skipping it. <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> something else, which happens occasionally. But um, usually the disappointed look that crosses Olaf's face, you know, stops me from doing that very often. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of relate because I'm always telling Paulette what she has to go do. Oh, you're one of those, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Poor well, <laughs> you know, I come from, I come from a place of knowledge, so and, sure. and she sort of appreciates it because in some ways it's easier just oh, to, totally. to follow somebody or have somebody say, "Okay, you got to go, you got to go behind your feet for twelve hours today." Oh, absolutely. Well, and for us, it's a good dynamic because you know when Olaf and I race together, he's the team captain. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, in a race, what he says or decides goes and, uh -huh. um, you know, and I fully support that. And I think that's part of what makes it work. Yeah. And so we get to practice that a little bit on just, you know, any given Tuesday when we're out in the mountains. No, well, that's, that's a good way to do it. Um, so it, it is an interesting dynamic of the, of the racing with, with a spouse art and, um, I don't know if you heard Jason talk about it, but when when they race, Jason Magnus, yeah, him and Chelsea are not married when they race. Yeah, it's similar with us. I would I, say I I see. did hear that podcast. It was it was really cool to hear their perspective yeah. about racing together, and I I saw a lot of similarities in in how Olaf and I do it. I mean, the one way we are married is you know at the end of the day, if something bad were to happen, obviously Olaf has a ton of concern for me. Yeah. And he can read me very quickly. So he yeah. can he can tell if I am tired, like I can do this. I'm tired, but I can do this for 12 more hours or like I'm hitting a wall. He can kind of read me with just the tone of my voice or just, you know, a quick look. But um, so he's usually at that point, if I'm starting to hit a wall, yelling at one of our other teammates to take care of me or something. But um, <laughs> uh, in general, yeah, when we're out on the course, we're teammates and he's the team captain and he's the navigator and he's good at very good at both and so i just trust that and you know play my part do my role focus yeah. on that so yeah well i mean that's really that is what a good captain and teammate is to read to read your team that, yeah i mean to, to me in watching it and seeing it and 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 being around teams that doesn't necessarily work it, it's almost the hardest part that unspoken communication between Absolutely. teammates yeah i think that's and managing that managing your teams yeah. how they're feeling and being willing to make and this is where i think olaf shines is being willing to make a hard decision in a race like maybe going for an optional point or mm -hmm. pushing a little bit harder knowing that your team is tired and it being a hard choice to make and and maybe not a popular choice among the team but knowing it's the right choice strategically yeah. and then managing your team's kind of how they're feeling along the way uh, to make it work and he mm -hmm. does that really well i mean sometimes he said okay we're going to do this and in my head i'm like oh my god no <laughs> please not that <laughs> and but he makes it happen you know like he'll carry extra weight if he has to and you know he'll just make sure we use our resources to to get us all there successfully yeah. and I, I mean, that is just such tough work to do in the middle of an expedition race while also navigating. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, we'll continue on here with the Olaf podcast for a little bit. But, <laughs> but um, 
interesting question. I never think to answer it, but how did you guys meet? Um, we actually met in New Mexico. That's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in business school there. And he came over, he was recruited to be uh, a Nordic ski coach there. UNM actually has mm-hmm. one of the best ski teams in the country, which is kind of a surprise to people. Mm-hmm. We do have mountains in New Mexico. Um, I've, I've uh, d- done the Mount Taylor down there. I know oh, you cool. get yeah, mountains. you've seen them. You've seen some. Yep. So um, anyways, he came there as a coach. And um, part of his coaching deal allowed him to um, go to school for free. So he mm-hmm. was getting his MBA at the same time. So... I just, we met in class, actually. I was like, who is this tall, blonde, Nordic-looking <laughs> man? I think I'll go sit next to him, see what he's all about. Um, so, yeah, we, we became friends and started dating um, kind of in his second semester there. And we've been together for over 10 years now, so uh, long time. So did you guys start adventure racing together then? Not then. Um, okay. He had adventure raced in Sweden quite a bit, um, okay. just as a skier there. A lot of times uh, teams would ask him to come on when they needed a fourth guy just because skiers are so fit, they can keep mm-hmm. up. So, yeah. um, And he had kind of been, you know, he'd done it and he was kind of over it. He was like, I, uh, I don't know. He told me about the sport and I thought it sounded awesome, um, but he wasn't super interested. So when I started racing, my first race was actually in Sweden. I raced with one of his friends and in Sweden, it's called multi-sport. And they include inline skating often. So I had to like practice inline (laughs) skating so I could do this race. Um, And there's some funny stories about me not failing pretty miserably (laughs) at inline skating. But anyways, I loved the first race, even though it was all in Swedish and I had really no idea what was going on most of the time. Um, But then in the U.S., I started racing with my sister. Um, We did Naira races and goals races and... um, you know, we were just kind of like out there, like, you know, chatting it up in the woods, singing Disney songs, being silly. And um, eventually I got more serious about it. After I did my first 24-hour race, I was kind of like, no, I, I like this. And once I started liking it, suddenly Olaf's interest renewed and we started racing together just as a two-person co-ed team. Mm. Um, and had some success, really enjoyed it. And um, that's when we met we met Eric Caravella, who we raced with a lot, who's awesome. And the three of us had a great dynamic. Um, and then Mikke, Olaf's uh, great friend from growing up, also skier who also adventure raced in Sweden, um, is doing a fellow, or what is he? He's, a, he's like a guest or a guest lecturer or something at um, Stanford. And so he's in the U.S., so he started mm-hmm. racing with us too. And the four of us just have such a great dynamic together that it makes it so fun. Now we're kind of like, you know, really chomping at the bit to race more. So well, That's cool. Yeah. So. Um, well, you couldn't find anybody. You had to find some slacker that's only a guest lecturer at Stanford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who, by the way, I have to say, he did his dissertation on adventure racing. Like, oh, really? The man is basically a PhD in adventure racing. Um, he's really interested in like the impacts of endurance racing on the cardiac tissue or something. I'm probably totally destroying his research, but um, <laughs> he actually, I think, he was involved with Gold Rush a few years ago using some of the teams that participated in that, um, getting some uh, some data, blood samples and stuff mm. from them. And so he, he knows his stuff, definitely. That's wow. So what you're saying is there's no slacking for you because exactly. you have all these experts and they're, and they'll tell you, no, you're, no, you're not tired. Yeah. You kind of got to believe them, right? <laughs> exactly. They're like, you may think you're tired, but you're not. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's interesting because I had been having some, 
conversations with a gal named uh, Maria. I don't even want to butcher her last name, but she was going to was going back to grad school and was going to do her thesis on adventure racing. Cool. And then, and then I got an email from her and said. I just got my dream job. I'm not going back to school. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I said, well, I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, so your first race was in Sweden. I mean, did were you just there and decided to do it, or how did how did that come about? Yeah, so that was when we were still in grad school. Um, you know, you have the summers off, which is awesome, mm-hmm. and we spent those in Sweden. Um, and so this was a race that Olaf had done in the past. It had been varying lengths, but that particular year, it was just, it was a sprint about, I think it was a six hour race. But for me at the time, that sounded so far from a sprint. I was like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Six hour sprint? Oh my God. So um, we decided to do that. And Olaf's mom is such a cool lady. Um, She set up a practice AR course for us so that we could like get the idea of what this was because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. She literally stayed up really late setting points and had all these orienteering maps all around their house. And we did like uh, a preview of what AR was with transition areas, everything. It was, it was so cool. So I actually got a practice race in before doing uh, the real race. And this probably gives you some indication of why Olaf is the way he is because his family is (laughs) super (laughs) into everything. Um, and so, yeah, it, I mean, Olaf had planned on doing it anyways, and so he was doing it with another friend. Actually, he ended up not doing it. I think he was sick. Hmm. Um, so it just ended up being me and his friend Johan, who had never raced before either, but was a mountain biker, and so was kind of interested in doing it. Yeah. That's cool. So here's a question, just a little aside. Um, and I don't know, are you sitting at home? Yeah. Can you see maps from where you're sitting? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I can yeah. see several stacks okay. of maps actually. <laughs> ours ours finally got moved from the twenty gallon tote beside the front door to they're at the bottom of the steps in the basement now. Oh, okay. Progress. But there's quite honestly, I just pulled one up and set it on the counter this morning because um, Paulette's going down to do the the. Rogaine in Colorado oh, Springs. Cool. And with, with our friend Eric, and she's like, I need to do a little, I need to get my head around a little nav. So <laughs> I've got one from, it's kind of interesting. Oh, goody, I get to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the Primal Quest uh, orienteering course that they didn't do during the race in 09. Oh, cool. So I've, yeah, and I've done several other, you know, courses in that area. So we got that map. So oh, and we leave awesome. we leave ribbons hanging when okay. we're done with them. So yeah. it just gives her a chance to go out. So check it out. A little, I gotta I gotta give her a little shout out because she's she's running the hundred miler next weekend. Wow. Then the next weekend she's coming down to do the twenty four, and then she gets three or four weeks off, and then she's riding um, the Mata Hay. Up oh, in North cool. Dakota, yeah, yeah. they have a hundred mile mountain bike race, yeah. so she's going up and riding that. So, oh, she's gonna have a blast. We had so much fun on that trail in, at the North Dakota race. Yeah. It was it was great, great so, trail. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see where were we at? Um, your career. Mm. <laughs> so you started with a six hour race, and that is that what hooked you? Definitely, I really liked that. And then when we um, we moved to New York, 
maybe a year after that. There's not there's not a huge adventure racing scene in New Mexico. I've yeah. since learned they do a couple of smaller events um, that my brother participated in. Oh, by the way, I've recruited my brother and sister both to be adventure racers too. So they they ra- they dabble cool. at least. Cool. Um, but so I didn't I didn't really race again until we moved to New York, and that's when we met Denise. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started with a Naira. It was more of like a, an obstacle, like a trail run with some obstacles and challenges in it. And um, that was our first race we did with Naira. And we, I think we won that and then started doing more of their adventure races. And I started out being the navigator because I, w- I was racing with people who were less experienced than me with my one race. So, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's a fun role. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I'm not a natural, but I'm not terrible. I have a generally good sense of direction. Um, but, you know, when I'm racing at a higher level, I just need to focus on pushing myself. I, yeah. I can't imagine also worrying about <laughs> the nav the nav and the decision making. It's just, it's a lot to, it's a lot to carry. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I did a lot of shorter races, uh, just kind of building up. I did a six hour, then I did an eight hour. Um, and then my sister and I decided to go for our first 24 hour. And I remember when we were training, we decided, okay, we've, we've never been out in the woods at night by ourselves before. We've got to figure this out. So we went to this park um, in New Jersey and you know went to do like a night trail run. Yeah. And my sister the whole time was like making horror movie references <laughs> and like saying like, oh, I think I heard a bear or whatever. She was freaking me out and she was totally fine, but she was just doing her best to freak me out. <laughs> and then I remember at the end of the run, there was this creepy guy that was carrying a baseball bat and we were both like, oh my God, <laughs> we really do need to be worried. Um, yeah. So, but that was kind of our, our little preview to nighttime. But um we had a ball during our first race. Unfortunately, she got sick. Um, she turned into vomitron, as we like to call it. Um, she just, <laughs> to this day, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> she she for some reason just was. I don't. I think she her electrolytes got off. Now, in hindsight, mm. I can say that um, she just wasn't absorbing water and was just really, you know, vomitroning yeah. all over the place for a long time. And then she ended up having to pull out um, before the final like paddle section. And I decided to keep going. Um, so I finished solo, I guess, uh, yeah. but I just wanted to complete it, you know, it yeah. felt like it was, it was worth it. So we didn't really have an official finish, but it was, it was still fun to have done the whole thing. Yeah. So it was yeah. after that, I think that kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in her mouth. And that's when, uh, well, that's from all the vomiting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally from that in the, and she, in the baby carrots, I don't know why she thought baby carrots would be a good idea, but I don't think that's a good AR food. Um, mm. But for some reason, she thought she wanted to try that. That <laughs> seems a little... Learned an important lesson. Never test something new in a race. Yeah. Always test it first. So yeah. So, so yeah, I think it was after that that Olaf and I started racing together and, and you know set our sights on qualifying for USARA Nationals and, and did that. Um, mm. And we raced with Olaf's brother the first year. It was the year that Rodney and Amy put it on in New York. Um, okay which was a great race. It was a lot of fun, really fun course. So. We learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, name a race when you didn't learn something, right? I mean, it's true. True. What's the, um, how do I want to say, I don't want to say what's the big, biggest lesson you learned racing, but what's the most unusual thing you, you learned about yourself racing? Hmm. 
You know, one thing that sticks with me, and I, I talk about this with people who don't really understand adventure racing a lot, is I think something you learn is while adventure racing is a very physical sport, it is hugely mental. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of power in that mental. Um, yeah. And that a lot of it is determination. And a lot of it is just you know, dealing with the suffering and understanding like, yeah, it might get a little bit worse, but you know, your body can handle a certain amount of pain for a really long time. It's amazing. Yeah. And then it will recover. And yeah. you know, you'll have these ups and downs. You'll get to a point where you're like, there's no way I'm ever going to feel better. You know, this, I've got three more days ahead of me and I feel terrible, but you know, give yourself two hours and it can be a totally different situation. And so I think, um, just realizing how, how pain can be, you know, momentary and how determination can get you through so much it's just a really cool thing to realize and yeah. um helps me to push myself you know when i'm doing outdoor activities but in general in life you know it's yeah. it's a, it's a really cool thing to to know about yourself and to know about your body yeah i think that's true i mean back to paulette but she says that all the time she'll be out and she just feels miserable and she says this isn't going to kill me it's going exactly. to really suck for a while, but yeah. But you're not, moving. you're going to be okay. You know, yeah. you're going to be okay. And then tomorrow you're going to look back on it and it's going to be a good story. So just keep, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll get to that later, but in general, I've always found that, um, if, if you ask almost, I'll, I'll say any endurance athlete, you know, what's your favorite story? It, it inevitably involves suffering. Oh, absolutely. Or injury or blood or something. You yeah, know, yeah. Something. <laughs> all the cool stuff. <laughs> um, have you been talking about the mental thing? And, and this is something I think I found in the last year that the top 10 teams in the world physically are all about the same. And mm -hmm. it really just comes down to the mental mental and maybe a little luck once in a while. You know, hitting hitting the hard net, you know. The really good hard navigation in the daylight instead of dark but mm -hmm. have you gotten stronger mentally racing in 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 irl in real life um yeah i definitely think so and to me it feels in a weird way more like i'm realizing my strength you, mm. you know like because this mental strength feels like something i have i just need to figure out how to tap into it yeah. and that's what ar has helped me do um that's how it feels more to me, you know, whereas the physical, I feel like I've, I've gotten stronger. I've, you know, set out to get stronger. I've, yeah. you know, done work to change my fitness and I can see that happening, but the mental feels much more like a realization. And to me, there's a lot of power in that because when you feel like you've hit your bottom, you just, I have to remind myself there's more, you just have to find it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think that's super cool. I, I love that. And, I totally agree with you about the, the, you know, like the physicality of the top 10 teams. Adventure racing is such a complicated sport. There's so many factors that, um, you know, unlike, uh, let's say like a, a track a runner, yeah. you know, they, they can, I mean, they're all very similar physically too, but there's not that many factors that influence the race. There's a few, but there's not a lot in adventure yeah. racing. I mean, there's like hundreds of things that influence yeah. what happens and, you know, some of them are totally out of the racer's control. So luck, you know, can definitely have a have a place. Yeah. Well, my my go-to for luck or making your own luck is at uh, um, 
down in Ecuador where, you know, Seagate hits the tide perfectly and has, you know, the tide taking him out mm. and, and, um, uh, via comes in, you know, several hours later and it's just opposite for him. And there's hardly, a, yeah, hardly enough water to paddle, you know, mm. and that's, that's, I mean, you're making your own luck by how fast you go, but that's sort of just luck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so as somebody once said the, uh, Rich get richer, and the really rich win color TVs. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I think that's from some. Here, tell me if I'm crazy, because that's from some sitcom twenty years ago, and it always sticks in my head, and I don't know why. Do you have some weird thing like that that's always in your head? Just something you heard somebody say, or some pop reference or cultural reference that it's just has always in your head yeah it comes out you don't know where it came from yeah 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 i, okay. I definitely can relate <laughs> so well i was gonna say so i'm not the crazy one but i, I know maybe I we're am. both crazy <laughs> well i think we all are i think i'm i may be slightly less because i don't have to go out there and race because you yeah. don't do this crazy sport <laughs> yeah you don't that's true you do kind I, of though you're out there you're in the thick of it you, you... yeah but but I also tell people, you'll notice you never see me being with you the first day. Because I wait till you get tired. That's when things get <laughs> to interesting. Some, <laughs> to some extent. and But I will, and I never adventure race, one, because I didn't like water. And two, I was always a cyclist, and that's what I was good at. So. Okay. But I, it's really, I mean, I, we'll get back to that. But are there things that you don't like about adventure racing but you just do them because it's part of the race paddling okay 100 percent. yeah see i don't like water either and i, just, I don't know why so, i used to i mean i'm just bad at paddling and <laughs> so i'm slow and i yeah. just it feels so inefficient to me because it is i'm doing it inefficiently but i just like i mean often the boats you're in they're canoes or they're these like super wide kayaks and yeah. it's not that i don't like water it's just that don't like it just paddling. feels so slow, you know. Yeah. I feel like we're you know making such tiny progress and using so much effort, and that's not how it's supposed to feel. And I totally recognize that if I you know could improve my paddling skills, I'd probably feel differently. But um, as of right now, that's it, one hundred percent. But it, but it's not a fear of water. Not at um, all. I you know I don't I like the water actually, and yeah. I'm I'm pretty stable in a boat. Um, I love rafting, you know, and but there's more speed there, and yeah. um and I I like to paddle in faster boats. Um, I you know I do a little bit of that when we're in Sweden. Um, mm. it's a little bit more fun, but still, overall, I'm just not super into flat water pad you know paddling. Yeah. It's not my thing. But there are people that race. There was, and I wish I should find her name, but there was a gal in Primal Quest in 09 here that absolutely hated climbing and hated heights. Hmm. And and there was a 270-foot rappel and then went across the valley and up 270 foot. Mm -hmm. and, and she just put her head down and did it. I was joking with her at the bottom of the rappel. I said, you know, you should just put some duct tape over your glasses so you couldn't see. <laughs> and And she was really considering it. Really? Wow. I struggle with heights. Definitely. Um, it's gotten better. I was a kid who was really scared of heights. Like I did mm -hmm. weird things. Like if there was a balcony, I would be up against the wall, like inching my way. Uh, yeah. I was, I mean, my yeah. parents tell me stories and it's embarrassing. I'm sure they were like, oh my gosh, what do we have here? 
but I've gotten a lot better with dealing yeah. with heights. And in a race, it doesn't bother me because I'm mm -hmm. in like race mode. So I do the same thing. I just kind of put my head down and do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the way I am. I've, I've discovered if I have, if I'm have a camera in my hand, I'll go anywhere. I mean, last year at Cowboy Tough, I, you know, strapped the camera on my helmet and was out in the middle of the lake. And hmm. I hate being out in the middle of the lake. <laughs> But because you're in that mode, you, you're in that mode, you're in that, you know, just uh, whatever it is. And it's not competitive, obviously, for me, but but it's very interesting to see people that and I think heights is probably a big one. And then, um, you know, and I've talked to people that don't like, you know, any kind of whitewater paddling. But, you know, you just, you just it, it. It, it's strange. It's like you love it so much or you want to do it so much that you're willing to push yourself to that that position it just I, I find it very interesting how people do that i think it goes back to a little bit what i was talking about before with the sport being so mental you know that's mm -hmm. a mental yeah. block you have you yeah. know being afraid of heights is a mental block yeah. and um if you want it bad enough you overcome that and it's just so cool to watch how powerful your mind can be you know that's mm -hmm. i think that's just one of the coolest things about this sport is seeing that happen um, and it can also be with fatigue, it can be with pain, it can be with a lot of different things, but it's just that the mental aspect is huge. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, kind of, you know, sort of mental, sort of mental like that. What, how long do you like a race to be? What's, what's your sweet spot? You know, 24, mm. 36, 10 days, two months. <laughs> well, I still haven't experienced a 10 day race, so I yeah. can't talk to that. Um, and I would I would say I'm probably around the 24 hour mark mm -hmm. is my best race. Um, I struggle with the sleep deprivation quite a yeah. bit. I'm a sleeper. I need like nine hours a night, so it's I turn into a zombie a bit. Yeah. But I feel like 24 hours is um, a good amount of time where I feel like I can be competitive. I can push myself pretty hard that whole time, yeah. and only getting through one night isn't that big of a deal. So I feel like. You know, it's fun to be competitive for me. You know, I like to I like to be able to perform well, and I think that you know the 24, maybe 30 hours, somewhere in that range, is probably my best time span. Mm -hmm. But expedition races hold a special place in my heart because they're their own beast, and it's a really kind of fun experience. And we're still trying to kind of work out, you know, our strengths and weaknesses with expedition racing, and um, I think that over time we'll get we'll get better at that um but currently i would say right now it's the 24 30 dollars yeah. so you're going to be a little bit out of your comfort zone at cowboy tough yeah yeah i mean uh, you'll you'll see me dragging <laughs> for sure <laughs> you know trying to prop my eyelids open as i'm falling asleep while walking or biking but um yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do different things to deal with that and it's it's an ongoing process to figure out what works best, but I just there's certain times of night that I struggle with and I know what they are and I can mm -hmm. kind of anticipate them. Yeah. Um this is yet another reason why I should never be the navigator. <laughs> just be like totally worthless. So Yeah. So, well, so what you're saying is you get you guys should have done it last year when you could have got a little break cuz it doesn't sound like from what Mark says that the top teams are going to get any rest this year. Yeah, last year actually would have been ideal for me because it yeah. was kind of like hammer hard and then yeah. you get a, a, a rest. And yep. it was the same for us. That's how our North Dakota race turned out. And I'll tell you what, sleep is a huge motivator for me. <laughs> I can push myself 
way harder than I ever thought I could if I have a TA with my sleeping bag there. Oh my yeah. gosh. Sleeping off the clock is even better. It's just amazing. So yeah, um, yeah I think last year would have been good for me. We'll see how it goes this year. <laughs> um, so if, and, and obviously you don't have a lot of experience in this, but how much sleep do you think you would need at a TA to be reasonable? You know, it's not much. I was surprised by this, too. Um, we actually did some research into it. Um, and really, like the short sleep, like if you can kind of set aside like 30 full minutes, so you have like five minutes to get ready on the front and five minutes to kind of come out of it, like get 20 minutes of sleep can make mm -hmm. such a huge difference. Yeah. And I still like one of the best hours of sleep of my life, like beautiful sleep was in Belize. And we got into this TA right you know while it was still dark out but before dawn we ate something hot and then we slept for an hour and we woke up as the sun was coming up i might yeah. as well have gotten like nine hours of sleep it felt incredible i was like let's do this i'm ready to go yeah i was totally back and it was just an hour um but it was incredible like i i will forever remember that hour of sleep <laughs> well and it sounds like it was the perfect time because that's it's key. always good when the sun comes up. Exactly, because right. it felt like we went to bed at night and woke up in the morning. You kind of trick your body into thinking that. So that was great. Yeah. So um, I guess I didn't know you guys raced in Belize last year. How how was that for you? It was a lot of – so that was my first expedition race. Okay. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty going into it because it was going to be in the jungle mm -hmm. and – um, you know, we didn't quite know what to expect and worried about foot care and, you know, lots of different things. But it, God, I learned so much preparing for that race and doing that race. And we did pretty well. We came in third. Um, and we were with, it was Olaf, Mickey, and I, and then we raced with Jason Brown, who races for goals. Mm -hmm. So we had never raced together in, you know, throwing a, and Jason and I had never done expedition racing. So, there were a lot of unknowns going into that race, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it really, it turned out well. Um, I, I really think if we could go back and do it again, um, obviously, I think we would have been, be a lot faster. And, you know, yeah. we, we learned a ton, ton doing it. But, you know, they, they had some really beautiful checkpoint placements at the top of Mayan ruins and, you know, you know beautiful waterfalls. And it was a, a very cool way to explore a country like Belize. Yeah, I really enjoyed it yeah i'm uh fingers crossed for next year <laughs> yeah we're thinking about that too it would yeah. be really fun to go back because um, there's a lot more to explore and i know that you know doug and julia have been working hard working on really scouting hard locations on it, yeah. and i'm he sure keeps... we talk doug and i talk very regularly about and he wants me to wants me to be there but it's like you know you know the uh the old saying it's like uh God, I really like you be there. Got no money. Yep. So, <laughs> so well, it's, but, you know, if you can get down there, it's Belize is a cool country, yeah. and it's it's definitely a, a fun experience. We stayed a little bit after the race and went to the coast and just kind of did our recovery on the beach, which was nice. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's it's February. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to spend a few days there? So. Yeah, exactly. But um, so. What you guys are doing, Cowboy Tough? What do you, what do you expect from the race this year, for it? Um, well, because I mean, you obviously have you know have watched the race the last couple of years. It's going to be a little different. But what do you, 
Uh, the things you're looking forward to, not looking forward to? Well, it seems like it's a lot of biking. Yeah. A lot of biking. Um, and I've gotten a lot stronger on bike over the last mm -hmm. two years, let's say. Um, but I'm still a little concerned about that. Um, just because just a little, you know, having one teammate who's just a little bit slower can really impact overall speed on bike. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really putting a lot of focus in that direction. Um, good news for me, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of paddling. So I'm kind yeah. of <laughs> excited about that. Yep. Um, I'm also excited because in an interesting kind of twist of events, my grandmother is from or was raised in Buffalo, Wyoming. Wow. My mom spent her summers up there, and yet I've never been there. So huh. it's going to be kind of cool just to be in that part of the country since my mom and her family have such a big connection to it. So that's going to be kind of fun for me just to see it. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's I'm kind of that way because the – park where they're starting in buffalo is where paulette and i met at a race oh really so, yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah so that'd be kind of it's gonna be kind of fun yeah so um well here's a, here's a very specific cowboy tough question and i don't know if they'll do it this year but you know last year they started out with shots of whiskey at 10 o'clock in the morning would you do the would you do the shot or would you take the iced tea um <laughs> That's a good question. I want to say, like, I'd bring on the whiskey, but cons I'm thinking more responsibly as my role on the team, and I think it would be better for my whole team if I didn't take the whiskey <laughs> shot. Um, so I might be taking the iced tea shot. Okay. Uh, then everybody I, makes fun of you, you know. That's okay. I can take it. I get <laughs> fun of a lot. It's okay. And you got a ways to go because the Wind River team of the, the women from Wyoming all took three shots each. Whoa, you know, maybe so, that would be the key to my success. You know, maybe I should start training that way. Shot of whiskey. Just, yeah, take a shot as you walk out the door to go for your workout. Just <laughs> boom. See how it, see how it, how I fare. How it, how maybe I'll improve. <laughs> so, um, what, here's a really um, strange question, but what's the one thing you'd like to see for kind of like a special challenge? at the race, you know, cause they've done tomahawk throwing, they've done, uh, they did the hand cart thing. So that, you know, there's going to have some sort of a Wyoming centric thing. What, what do you think would be fun? Maybe like, a lassoing a sheep. Oh, that'd be, that's a, wow. That's a good idea. Yeah. You've been I, thinking about this. <laughs> I think I would be into that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't promise I'd be good at it, but I would, I would enjoy it. So, but and I think the race does a really good job of just putting them in there and as a as a thing, you know, like the tomahawk throwing was just you stopped for five minutes and stuck it in there and you got a two minute history lesson and it it was a good chance to be off your bike for ten minutes. So oh yeah, and you really look forward to that when you've been in the saddle for like <laughs> a long <Yeah>. time. <laughs> and you will be. Sounds like yeah. it. Lots of saddle time. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think they're going there, but I see that Mark Harris is at Devil's Tower today or yesterday. Oh, interesting. But I don't. That's a that's a long ways out of the way. Hmm. So he may just be visiting, or maybe they're going to have you climb the tower. <laughs> that would be a challenge for me, probably. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that either. So. 
mean, yeah. I would do my best, but I'm not <laughs> promising. Do you want Do you want me to bring some duct tape for you? Put on your glasses so you yeah. can't see. <laughs> I don't know if that would help me, but yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, bring yeah. some just in case. Okay. Um, uh, we're okay. Here's you're familiar with podcasts, so here's the question: What's the best and worst six hours you've ever had? Okay, I've anticipated this question. I'm really bad <laughs> at this sort of thing, like thinking through the best and worst times. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll start with the worst so I can end on a high note. Yeah, well, everybody starts with the worst because that's what they remember. Okay, that too, probably. Yeah. I have, I could probably relate more than one six-hour period, but <laughs> one good one is was the first USARA Nationals that Olaf and I did, and we were racing with his brother, Nils, um, and we got to this night photo, and it was cold that year. Like, everyone was kind of freaking out about how cold it was. It was mm -hmm. like 20 degrees at night, and mm -hmm. that's pretty cold for it's early cold. November, and, yeah. you know, not everyone was quite ready for that, and we'd started out the day with a long paddle, and then it rained, so we were wet, and then it was cold. So um, we got to this foot section, and... At the TA, there's this big bonfire, but we decided to be kind of quick through the transition and just go out on it. And you had to get pairs. Um, so in order, you, there were eight possible points out there, mm -hmm. and to get all eight points, you had to get pairs, otherwise you got no points. Um, and Rodney does, he loves stuff like that. And it yeah. makes for interesting strategy and, and whatever. So yeah. we were doing it, we'd gotten four, like four, but they weren't pairs. They were just like, we needed to go get their pair. And somehow we got, we took this little trail that we thought was on the map, but it wasn't. And then the trail ended. And then we were, and then Mills, Olaf's brother, and I kind of thought we were looking for a CP. So we started like fanning out and looking, but we weren't looking for a CP. Um, we actually had just walked off the map and also mm. left the tiny trail that had led us there behind and then could not find it. You know, like it, we were out off the map, nowhere near the trail. And it was freezing <laughs> and you know and olaf's generally pretty pretty level-headed in these situations and he was here too but i could sense a little bit of panic mm. under the surface because yeah. that's like the your worst nightmare you're off the map you're not exactly sure where you left the map and you're not yeah. exactly sure where the thing is that brought you off the map is so yeah. we were just like okay we need to think about this so uh, we actually but it was like you know pretty scary too because it was freezing mm. and Anyways, we what we did was I stood in one spot and Nils and Olaf walked quadrants back mm. to me, um, yeah. and we managed to find the trail that way, which was super smart. But yeah. then by the time that had elapsed, we basically just had to go straight back into the TA, which means we spent like three hours, four hours in a section that should have taken us two, um, and it was freezing and dark. And when we got back into the TA, the fire was out. <laughs> <laughs> teams were quitting they were like putting their bikes in trucks and it was like such we got zero points we went from being maybe like eighth to last place like absolutely last place and it was just so demoralizing and wow. i just i said to olaf i was like i kind of want to quit right now and he said i totally completely understand why you feel that way and that's all i needed to hear yeah. just that he understood and then i was like okay i'll just put some warm clothes on and let's keep going let's go cool. wow but it was it was a dark moment, definitely. Huh. Definitely yeah. dark. But it's a dark moment, but almost it's not because of the way it ended. Totally. We figured it out, which was awesome. Yep. And, you know, we didn't get any points for the section, but I think we learned a lot. And 
and then after that, okay, so there was on the map, there was this place, like this food stop, like a little restaurant. But, but this mm. time it was like two in the morning. So in my head, I was thinking, do not get your hopes up. Do yeah. not get your hopes up. Yeah. But it was open. <laughs> it was open and yeah. they had bacon, egg and cheese sandwiches that like that mm. changed everything. That just, you know, everything perked up after that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing worse than thinking it something's going to be open then and it's not. Oh. oh yeah, especially when you're already in such a dark place. I just yeah. couldn't. My my story about that is many many years ago when I was doing ultra road stuff, we'd been out for a night ride. We let we left Friday after work and this was about two o'clock in the morning and coming into Wall, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking, okay, we'll go to the cafe and we'll get this and that and and nothing was open. Oh. Not a gas station, not anything. That's you get so worst. bummed out, we rode another fifteen miles and there was a rest stop on the interstate and had enough change to get two cans of Coke for there's two of us. It's like <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, never get your hopes up. <laughs> a few of those experiences. It's yeah. So, and what's what's the best best time then? Um, I think it would have to be parts of the North Dakota race. I mean, we just had such a great race, and uh, it was it was just so fun. Andy did such a great job with that course, yeah. and um, we were functioning so well as a team that it was fun to push ourselves hard. It wasn't just push you know like mm -hmm. I, it was enjoyable to push ourselves hard and to see what we could do and um i think that it was i can't identify the exact six hours but it was definitely in the first day because the second day was that long paddle and you know me yeah. paddling um and then a long bike back and by that time we felt pretty sure of our our win so mm -hmm. you know we were enjoying it but it wasn't the same yeah. day one we were really fighting for it you know and it was Journey raced really close to us. Red 3 was close to us. We were seeing each other a lot. We had two flat tires on the Matahe. Like, we would get a little bit of a lead, get a flat tire. And then we'd get, hurry, pass them again, get a little bit of a lead, get another flat tire. tire. So um, it just was interesting and fun, and I felt like my head was really in the race the whole time and um, that we were just totally functioning well as a team. Um, it, it was great. It was a really great race. I, we, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's got to be a nice feeling when it's, I mean, not necessarily the winning part, but when you're really, you know, the team is hitting on all those cylinders like that. Exactly. It's, if we would have gotten third place or whatever place, it wouldn't have mattered just because I think we did the best race we could do mm -hmm. at, that day, you know, yeah. just with the factors yeah. that were present that day. And and that is such a great feeling. And it, it just makes you love your teammates so much. You know, as soon as you get yeah. to the finish line, you just have so much, you're so grateful and you love your teammates so much. It's awesome. That's cool. So uh, just a couple more things here and then, then we got to get back to real life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so do you have anything other than Cowboy Tough planned for this year for the team? Um, we have a few things. I would have loved, loved, loved to be going to Alaska. That yeah. race looks incredible, but we just couldn't swing it this year financially. So um, Cowboy Tough and then um, USARA Nationals. Um, and we're we're going to see if we can also swing the NARS championships that Gung Ho is, is doing mm -hmm. the race direction for. It sounds like an awesome race. Um, yeah. Just for us being in, in Colorado, it's a lot of travel to the East Coast, so we've just got yeah. to see if we can make that work. Yeah. And then we found a new race, um, well, new to us race, um, called the Sky Island 
something in um arizona it's the oh, same yeah. guys doing alaska so oh days yeah days race yeah yeah it sounds like this would be kind of interesting so. yeah and it's it's close-ish so um we'll we'll go check that one out and so not a huge yeah. year in terms of expedition races for us we're we're really focusing on cowboy tough and really oh. hoping to to have a good race there and do well as a team yeah um something i just kind of thought about but what do you what's the ar situation in colorado i mean i i mean i know most of the people but are are there other people that we don't know that are racing and how you know or do you do any have you done much racing there no i haven't done much racing here okay. i've done one of the axs races in moab um i did mm -hmm. it with a friend who had who'd never raced before and wanted to try it out yeah. and i think the axs races are good for that sort of thing um but there there's not any what i'll call more east coast style yeah. racing here that that we've found i mean there's a lot of adventure racers that live here um, yeah yeah. You know, we're friends with Eric Sanders, who's down in Golden, and then Ryan Ogenby's in Boulder, and Chris yeah. Edmondson lives in Boulder, and and then there's some of the people from like the the early era of AR here. You know, like Mike Closer, obviously, is in Boulder, yeah. and yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of people here, and I I feel like living in Summit County and and the people here, as we've gotten to know people, are really interested in adventure racing. So we have some some thoughts that we might need to to get something started here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems kind of weird and, and not to, not to say anything bad about the, you know, adventure extreme, but they, they do seem to be kind of focused towards a more beginner ish, which is fine, but it seems like there should be like an expedition race in Colorado. Yeah. It, I mean, doesn't it just seem like there should be? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and believe me, every time we're out, we're planning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to take some time. There's definitely some interest, and in, in, um, there's interest in Naira producing a race here, actually. Okay. So yeah. um, we think it's maybe a couple years down the line, but it's something yeah. that Olaf and I would be interested in, in being very involved with. And we did a race for Naira for a couple of years, only a 12 hour race, um, the Jersey Inferno, but we had a lot of fun as race directors. So, um, that could be in the future. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Um, okay. Here's the final question. You know what it is? Uh, I think I do, but I've, I'm drawing a blank. Oh. I should know this. I should know this. If you start oh, packing yes. today. <laughs> oh yes. This one. How could I forget? <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a good answer for you on this one. Okay because I am like the team gear person and I'm a little type A about it. Like we start this massive spreadsheet that's on Google docs before <laughs> the race and like who has what, and just like extensively like down to like how many Advil we're bringing and how many just very extensive. And I like to start packing like probably the week before the race, just laying mm -hmm. stuff out and making sure I've thought through everything. And am I, is it as efficient and light as it should be? I love it. Like, it's just such a fun challenge for me. And so I pack everything and Olaf doesn't care about it at all. He doesn't want to think <laughs> about it. He doesn't, I could, I do everything when it comes huh. to that. And he's just like, I trust you, <laughs> whatever. Mm -hmm. So I pack everything. And then the night before I generally, everything's packed. I, I don't have to repack my backpack unless we're shuffling gear. Um, I generally have a pretty good handle on that because I want to give Olaf as much time with the maps as possible. And he likes all of our input. So I can't be struggling with gear right before the race. I want to be, you know, with my head in the race course. Yeah. So yeah. 
maybe shuffling, but I, I, it would stress me out to know when to be packing the night before the race. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you're, you are definitely the minority, but I, I, I see, I see your point, how it works for you. So that's cool. Well, thanks. Thanks so. for not making me feel too crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and an organized adventure racer. I think that's an oxymoron. <laughs> I don't know. Have you talked to Rodney? He's pretty. Is he? He's, he's the, worse than me, I think. So, well. It, oh, yeah, you know what? I've seen the pictures. Yeah, he's, he's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, you think how much time you save because you reach in your pack and you know where everything is, whereas every, everybody else is. Digging. Digging through. That's, um, it does save time, you know? Every, yeah. Those are easy minutes to save. Yeah. So you don't have to be running. So it's good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> a minute. That's an extra minute of sleep you could get. Exactly. And that's how I think of almost all things. So is his relationship to sleeping. That's <laughs> yeah. a good way of putting it. <laughs> exactly. So you probably hate this time of year because you can't go to bed before nine o'clock because it's still light out. Oh, I, you know, sometimes I do. I, I yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, lo I love that it stays light later. Yeah, um, And luckily, so our lifestyle, I we have kind of flexible schedules, so it's not like I have an alarm going off at 5 in the morning, so. Yeah, that uh, sucks, but it does. <laughs> so, well, cool. This has been fun. Yeah, it's great talking to you. Thanks for, for asking yeah. me. So, um, well, you know, i got to tell you to go fast and take chances and listen to your captain. Thanks. I will. I'll do all of those things. <laughs> and uh, we'll be seeing you in not very long. Three it's weeks, true. something like yeah. that. I think it's four weeks, but four weeks? Counting. Yeah. it's not me. I'm not counting. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all I know is I'll be packing the night before I leave. So. All right. Well, if you run into any problems, just give me a call. I've probably thought through it and planned it. So. Well, it's a little easier for me because I can literally just throw everything in the back of my truck, but I just have to make sure I have everything. Okay. It doesn't have to be in a specific spot necessarily. No, because that's way too organized for me. Okay. So. All Fair right. Enough. Cool. Fair enough. Thanks. See you in Wyoming. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye. to get away they take a holiday from the neighborhood have a flight to Miami Beach or oh, Hollywood I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River line I'm in a New York state of mind Stars and the fans.
taxi cars and limousines I've been high in the rockets under the evergreens But I know what I'm needing I don't want to waste more time It was so easy living day by day out of touch where the rhythm of blues But now I need a little give and take a new It's fine with me, cause I'm very slime. I don't care if it's Chinatown or Old Riverside. I don't have any reasons, I left them all behind.
Hey. Okay. 